the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. is nowhere I'd rather be, except with all y'all every day of the week. Today is kind of like my Monday, which is my favorite day of the week because I get to... <laughs> Somebody's waving at me like he ain't happy that he's here tonight. You're supposed Polar to be... Polar opposites, baby. Always good to be here with the answer audience, but I got to tell you, Andrea, nah, nothing sweeter than Friday. Well, you know, I just, I get excited. I I love Fridays as well. Y'all know that. Y'all know I just enjoy myself on the weekends, particularly here in the most beautiful city in the country. But after a couple days of gnawing on my favorite foods, enjoying my favorite beach spots, I'm ready to get back. avocado sandwich? No. No, I thought we had moved on from that, man. I thought we had settled that score. We might have to ask Gary Quackenbush to weigh in on the, the hot topic, the hot debate. So. We might have to. Y'all recognize that name, right? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of fangirling. Oh, Gary's the most easygoing, friendly individual I've ever met. Is he? I was on his show on Friday, Word on Wealth. Y'all know Gary Quackenbush. Word on Wealth, I was on his show Friday, and I started getting messages from people, emails, people on social media. Oh, I was so excited. One person said I was driving around listening to the answer and all of a sudden I heard Andrea Kay on Word on Wealth with Gary Quackenbush, GQ. I even got an email from somebody, Al, who's, you know, listens to AM 1170. Just heard you on with the quack, he said. (laughs) Great, great time having you on with the quack. And I'm, well, I'm super excited and honored and thrilled that he joins us now. He's going to be here. I decided to expand our news you can use. Y'all know that in spite of how much I love to share my opinions, I also love to share content that you can actually take with you for your life, maybe implement it in your life, get some wisdom, get some ideas, some tips, suggestions that you can then maybe take into your life and, and make it better, particularly now when things are kind of scary for people and people don't really know what to do and where to turn. So I reached out to Gary Quackenbush and he invited him to be a part of the show. And now he is. And he joins us tonight. First time on the Andrea K show. And like I said, I'm fangirling. Welcome to the show, Gary Quackenbush. Andrea, I am more excited to be on the show than you are to have me on the show. And when you came on my show on Friday, that was such a thrill. I loved it. And then when you... When you messaged me and said that people were like saying, hey, we saw you on the Quack Show or listened to you, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it was cool. Um, okay, so, well, I, I mean, Noah's already wanting your opinion here. Okay, so we always end up, Gary, before in, like, to, to share with you a little um, sausage being made behind the scenes here. We always end up in these like weird debates before the show goes live. Last week it was, are the Beatles and Elvis overrated? I ended up winning that one. I said they were overrated. I ended up winning that challenge. Today, oh, did you? Was that a reaction from you, Gary Quackenbush? 
I did. Well, I I'm not gonna, I'm Please not gonna between yeah. you and 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 yeah and skins man. He's he knows everything. Well, I, I ended up, well, we actually ended up having to put it out to the listeners, and I actually ended up winning that. Mm-hmm. Many people said yes. They were overrated, except it, depending on it, just in terms of music quality, but some people said that. Um, that historically relevant. That historically relevant. Put, <laughs> and, and so um, today's big thing was I put out on the social media today, just innocently posted a picture of a BLT, and I just said, it ain't my thing. There's nothing on a BLT I'm interested in except. The B. And then it became this big debate on whether or not it's a BLT if you add avocado. So that seems to be the big debate tonight. Are you know, are you a foodie, Gary Quackenbush? I mean, are you as into food as as Skins and I are? Okay. I I don't know how intense you guys are in food, but I know a BLT is a BLT, a BLTA is a BLTA. So it's a different sandwich. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, I knew Gary and I. He was like, he, you know, he he's like a booby. He's like, you know, he's like the kinfolk I didn't know I had. Right. Right. So thank right. you, Gary. Well, it's just like, okay. At Mimi's, before Mimi's went down, right, mm-hmm. there was a, a sandwich, it was a grilled cheese sandwich. People go, oh, you're going to get a grilled cheese sandwich at Mimi's. I go, no, I'm going to get a five-way grilled cheese sandwich at Mimi's because it has five different types of cheese, including two of them on the outside. So that wasn't a cheese sandwich. That was a Mimi's five-way grilled cheese. So BLT is not a BLTA. I didn't know Mimi's went under. I'm sad about that. Maybe they I closed like they closed like almost all their shops. There's only a couple left. It's very sad. Yeah, it is sad. I do yeah. love me some Mimi's. I got to get out there and, and continue yeah. to support the restaurants more because they really were the anything related to hospitality was like the, the, the main industries that really struggled and just completely got shut down unnecessarily mm-hmm. during COVID. And they're continuing to try to try to rebound, whether they're chains, franchises, whether they're little mom and pop restaurants. And so uh, memo to me to get back out there and, you know, to support the restaurants. You know, I, I put my myself through school I put myself through college working as a waitress five nights a week and I don't you know and I don't know I I wouldn't have been able to do it you know it you know under COVID COVID restrictions or even the economy today because so many people are staying at home because with the inflation the way it is you know I I went through fast food the other day for the first time Gary Quackenbush and I'm not gonna uh, okay KFC it was ten dollars for three strip dinner who can afford Mm -hmm. to be eating out anymore these days the way the way you determine what minimum wage is is you look at the price of the three strip dinner, or you look at the price of the um, jumbo, the uh, Big Mac combo at McDonald's. Just watch inflation. Mm-hmm. Just watch the the price of you know that the, the uh, minimum wage goes up, you know, from ten to twelve to thirteen, and just look at the price of the Big Mac combo or the three strip dinner at it. It just happens because people are going like, I want more minimum wage. I deserve higher. Add that, you know, we have that cost of living increase in it. We're going, whoops, shouldn't have put that in. Now we have minimum wage so high. Like, why is my burger so high? Well, because everybody that works at the burger shop is minimum wage and minimum wage just went up 30%. What do you think is going to happen to the hamburgers? So that's yeah, my measure. Exactly. And I don't know if you heard the breaking news the, uh, the other day. Uh, actually, I think it became official today. Last week, we learned that there was a, there was a, a law about to be passed to, to make a, um, a panel put to impact 
panel, a, a panel, I guess, if you will, or a commission in the state of California who will decide what wages will be at fast food restaurants. And so we can expect that either fast food restaurants are either going to start setting up kiosks in their lobbies or we're now going to have to pay $25 for a Big Mac. And there ain't there ain't a piece of fast food that's worth it. it I mean, to me, I hadn't got $10 for three strips. No, three strip dinner was ridiculous. I won't go back. And now it's going to be what? You know, twenty four ninety nine because now fast food workers are going to be paid $30 an hour. Well, because what's going to happen, you've already seen it as soon as minimum wage went up in, into the, you know, 10, 11, 12, then you go, you go to a lot of McDonald's. There's the only person there is the one that's handing you the bag that the machine put together. Mm-hmm. So you have the five electronic kiosks. And so it's your, and then people get mad. They go, wait a minute. Why are you computerizing? Why did you put a computer screen? Well, because computers don't get paid minimum wage. And we just don't see that. It's really mm-hmm. funny that people, you think, okay, I want minimum wage to be higher because then I'm going to get more you know, money because I'm a minimum wage worker, but then you don't realize that everybody else is a minimum wage work, minimum wage worker that wants the same food. And it's going to go up, and then we get electronics, and then we have computers, and people complain. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You you talk well, a lot about McDonald's. McDonald's. You're you're a McDonald's you, fan. I can tell Gary Quackenbush. No, no. The only <laughs> thing, okay, Andrew K. The only thing I really like at McDonald's is the is the the, the swirly thing. You know the what is that thing called? Mm-hmm. What's the thing? The ice cream thing that mm. they mix the. Because I think it's pretty cool. They have the mixer spoon is, is part of the blade, and then they throw anyway. That's what I go there for, is I go through the McFlurry. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay then. But, you know, I went and got a McFlurry, and it was $4.79. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. I'm too I'm cheap. You, listen, Gary yeah. Quackenbush, you can take the girl out of New Orleans, but you cannot take the New Orleans out the girl. We are about discount shopping. Okay, that's what the French market was all about. I'm a discount shopper. That's how I roll. Let's roll into some advice for some people. And Gary Quackenbush, <laughs> attorney Gary Quackenbush, you can listen to a show every day from 2 to 3 right here on The Answer San Diego. Word on Wealth, and you can also definitely want to listen to him there, and he'll give out his contact information coming up in a minute. But um, news you can use. I'm all about trying to share information for people that that, that can help them. Children is – I'm not a parent, but I'm just a very devoted aunt. Um, to nieces and nephews. I've got uh, six and eight-year-old nephew uh, nieces right now that I'm really, really concerned about. And so I do a lot of my stories about children um, and really just have a heart for protecting children. And it, in all these segments that I've done in the past on estate planning, which my longtime Andrea Acacia listeners know how I have such a passion for estate planning because it's the kind of thing nobody wants to talk about, but it leaves such a trail of misery behind if it's not done well. And I don't think I've ever done a segment talking about setting up guardianship for children. And now here, our first segment together, your topic idea was setting up guardianship for children. And that just really spoke to my heart. Tell everybody about that. So what happens in the state of California if, if a child, if a child or children are left without parents? So example, mom and dad go on a go out on their date and they never come back. What happens is you have the the babysitter gets the emergency contact paper that mom and dad left on the counter. They call the emergency contact. Emergency contact comes over and goes, "Wow, it's two o'clock in the morning. Mom and dad aren't back yet." So they call. They try to find out, and lo and behold, mom and dad are not coming back. They call the police. The police come. This is verified by a friend of mine that was at LAPD for seven years. The police come. They bring in a teddy bear and a blanket. They go with the kids. They try to contact somebody to take the kids. If the emergency contact is there, they will actually leave the children with the emergency contact. They try. 
to find a guardian designation or something in the house. And if they can't find it, they take the kids and they're going to take them and put them in the police car with a blanket and a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. And they're going to take them up to Polinsky Children's Center. And that's where they're going to remain until somebody petitions to be their guardian. Oh, boy. That's crazy. Yeah. But what I have found out, Andrea, this is so incredible, is that if they find something that's a nomination of guardian, guardian designation, something like in a will or a trust or something, and they actually will look in the house to try to find it. If they find something, they go, oh, can we get a hold of this person that's designated in the will or this document saying guardian designation? And if they can't, they say, okay, emergency contact. We know who the guardian is supposed to be. You take the kids. We don't want to take them into custody because then they're wards of the state of California. And you try to contact that guardian designation. So they do. And eventually, if the person, you know, if it takes them two days to get there or whatever, at least we know what's going to go on. But the critical thing is you have to declare as a parent, you have to state, if we're both dead, here's going to be our people that we're nominating for guardian. And if you don't do that, the state takes the children, they become wards of the state. And then there's this battle over who's going to be their guardian. Well, it seems like it would be obvious that parents would think about this, but I know I know from talking to parents that um, there's always the assumption that that they're, if a parent's going to pass, they're going to be one, not both parents. Right? The, the thing is, Andrea, it's exactly right. That's the, that's the assumption. But here's what happens is as a parent, we cannot get our brains to go there. We cannot yeah. imagine our child having a life without parents. We just can't do it. So people ignore it and they Mm -hmm. just put it off. I mean, everybody I talked to, they said, Gary, I just can't go there with my brain. There's no way I can even imagine who's going to raise my child. So I, you know, we kind of have to push them to, because in my practice of 33 something years doing this, the stories that I have that would make your skin crawl are the ones about guarding designations that were not done, Mm -hmm. children that were left without parents. They're the scary ones because money is one thing dealing with estate plans, but dealing with lives and children, mm-hmm. totally different story. Most important. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned scared because I'm the kind of person I was telling these guys here at the station last week. I'm the kind of person that believes in learning from other people's mistakes. And mm-hmm. one of the things I was telling these guys that and, and this may sound like, Andrew, why are you going off in this tangent? You know, when we're talking about children and guardianship. But one of the reasons why I never did drugs was because I, I was, you know, going to learn from other people's mistakes. And my parents, I don't know if you remember, there was a TV show called Scared Straight where they would yeah. bring these they bring these kids like to Rikers. Right. And like they would have to talk to these prisoners. And these kids were literally scared straight from a life of crime. My parents did that with me in regards to drugs i mean they had me watch some documentaries to where when i was young and this this movie i don't know if you remember nobody remembers this movie go ask alice do you remember this movie go ask alice yeah there were there yeah there's famous songs about go ask yes thank you so and and they were looking at me like my parents were freaks last week because they had me watch this stuff well you know what gary it worked okay i've never done drugs never would do (laughs) drugs because i was scared straight i feel like sometimes when it comes to a topic like this we almost need to take that approach to scare speak people to where they'll go I have to learn from other people's mistakes because I can't leave this situation like it is and it's like you don't want to take that approach you don't want to be like seem like you are doing scary radio or scare tactic radio but it's like I want to motivate people to do I know it's not fun I know it's not exciting I know it's sad to do this and I know to, to take care of these these things but it's something that's truly on my heart and I want people to protect themselves and their and their families and their kids. Well, here's the thing that happens, Andrea, is that people, it's like I, 
you know, I'll do a show or I'll do a seminar. We'll talk about this stuff. And I'll actually have people come out afterwards and say, Gary, really? Does that really happen? Does it really work that way? I said, yeah, I'm not making this stuff up. This really happens. Well, I had no idea. I thought, I thought like my mom could come in and be the guardian yes. or, 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 or the state would take it. Do they really go to Polinsky Children's Center? I said, yeah, they become wards of the state foster care system until somebody petitions. And I said, and who do you think is going to petition? She said, well, my mom would. And, oh, my husband's mom would. Yeah. Oh, and my husband's parents are divorced. My husband's dad's wife would. Oh, my gosh. I said, yeah. Yeah. That's what the kids get to go through. I'm so glad so you brought up that right. scenario. There's an assumption that automatically the aunt or, or that, that somebody's closest with is going to come in and, and, and out it's, the kids are going to automatically go to favorite aunt, right? No, there's a possibility that, I'm just going to say it, the skanky side of the family that's got drug addiction problems and all kind of stuff going on might come in to decide that they want to take, these, take guardianship of the kids because the, the kids suddenly got left with some money. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, and even, okay, even if that were not the case, it is always assessed. It's always very suspicious because it's like, wait a minute, the kid inherited how much money? Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll be their guardian. So there's always that suspicion. But when the parents have set up a nomination of guardian or done right. a will that has the guardian designation, then they've already vetted the person. They right. said, well, if, that I want my sister Susie to do it. And if she can't do it, then I want my brother to do it, you know, and they've already doesn't. So they've vetted these people. And so you don't, you're not suspicious. It's like, Oh wait, Susie's going to do it. Where'd she come from? Right. But that's why. And it's easy to do it. It's in a will or it's in a nomination of guardian. I, and the thing is, is I tell people, if you're going to go on vacation, luckily travel's over. So if you survived the travel summer, congratulations. But it's like, if you're going to go travel and you don't have a nomination or guardian or something to designate, if you guys don't come back from your trip, who's going to take care of your kids? I mean, I have one on my website for free and I don't care. People can download it and they, it just has to be signed in front of witnesses. You leave it on the counter, but it, it's a minimum at a minimum. And then now you're thinking in the right direction. Let's do an estate plan. Let's get mm-hmm. everything really taken care of, not just a bandage. But right, absolutely. I mean, Look, I mean, this is right. This is so important to me that I actually have a guardian. I. <laughs> For my dog Gator, okay, this is real that I care that I care about this stuff. I have I am buttoned up, and I know and and my peeps know that if something happens to me, what's going to happen with Gator? Okay, because I don't believe in leaving a mess behind for people, and I and that to me this is the greatest act of love. Um, and I know that again that it's not fun to think about, but it's something we got to do, and it also gives me peace. I don't have to worry. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't I'm have so to. I'm proud of you, Andrea. Thank you, I'm Tom. proud of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Because seriously, people just don't. They go, well, well I'll be dead. I won't care. And I go, no. The survivors <laughs> will care. They're already going to be sad you're dead. And now all of a sudden, all this mess. No, don't do that. So they go, what? Gary, yeah. we're so excited. I said, please don't do that to your family or your dog. All right. Now tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. First of all, y'all need to listen to Gary's show, which is every day from two to three here on AM 1170, The Answer. But you can also uh, listen to the podcast, which are, uh, you know, on, on our, our station website as well. Give everybody your mm-hmm. contact information. 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST. Well, thank Indeed. you so much for being here, Gary. Look forward to more fun Absolutely. weeks with you. All right, honey. Oh, my gosh. Oh, absolutely. You take care. Have a good one. Thanks, hon. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye, Andrea. Bye now. You know what I'm thinking? I, I'm going to have to have Gary do some wacky legal stories for me because I'm just so, y'all know I'm fascinated with the law and I just love the law so much. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more to share with you guys. Hillary Clinton. 
<laughs> this is a story that Skin's already looking at me. He doesn't want... We have to go there, man. We have to go there. There's a reason why Hillary is doing all these podcasts and doing all these shows, this TV show with her daughter. Why? What's the reason? The burning question of the day. Why did Hillary Clinton switch to pantsuits? Well, you're going to hear when we come back. Don't go away. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Email coming in from a listener about uh, Little Miss Mophead says with the lies coming out of her lips, she's no longer cute. She also needs a trim and what's up with her eye shadow. <laughs> See, that's what happens. We're talking about Corinne Jean-Pierre. You know, it, it's somebody it's kind of like that. Who remembers the movie Shallow Howl? You know, to where where after he meets Tony Robbins in the elevator, then suddenly girls that are physically cute, if they're ugly on the inside, are ugly to him on the outside, right? That's kind of what's happening to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Somebody who was so cute is now looking a little, a little rough. Um, let's get into some COVID news, shall we? Um, no, no, I promise y'all a little, a little Hillary talk. I believe that together we can make America great again. What? What 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 was that? Bill Clinton is MAGA. That was what the huh? Really interesting because see, I thought MAGA was racist. I thought it was bigoted. I thought that was a throwback to to a racist time. Are you Bill tra- Clinton's the original MAGA? He's the ori- he's the OG of MAGA. Who I believe knew? that together we can make America great again. Interesting. You know what? Uh, uh, you know, hmm. I, I, Wow, I don't even know what to say with that, except it, is Trump guilty of plagiarizing Bill Clinton? Does, does Trump have Maybe any idea? Get him on. <laughs> Trump needs to play you that. It is that for me, and you know it. <laughs> Ooh, good Bill. Good Bill. Let's see what Bill has to say about Hillary Clinton. Seems she's been doing this these different um, shows going around with her daughter Chelsea, and I'm not sure how much of it is about Hillary trying to be relatable in preparation for throwing her her former pantsuits into the ring in 2024. What's going on here? Um, but last week there was this TV show that she did where she and Kim Kardashian did a, a law quiz contest and she lost. And um, then, you know, which to me was a blatant attempt to try to make her seem humble and seem relatable. And then today... <laughs> I don't know what the goal was for this. I don't cannot even imagine what she thought she was going to accomplish by saying this. But she but she's telling the story as this is the reason why she decided to give up pantsuits, because who knew that Hillary Clinton was such the Kim Kardashian of her time, such the Marilyn Monroe of her day politically, that everybody wanted to look up her skirt. Is that what she's saying here? Skins, please play clip two. A state visit to Brazil led to some compromising photographs. I was sitting on a couch and the press was let in. There were a bunch of them shooting up. Some of those photos were then used to sell lingerie. And all of a sudden the White House gets alerted to these billboards that show me sitting down with, I thought my legs together, but the way it's shot, it's sort of suggestive. And then I also began to have the experience of having photographers all the time. I'd be on a stage 
I'd be climbing stairs, and so they'd creepy. be below me. It's so creepy. I just couldn't deal with it. So I and started wearing like, pants. You know. oh. <laughs> um, okay, there's so much to talk about here. I mean, people really. Um, first of all, how is it that I, and I was obsessed with politics um, at this point in my life, I watched every interview. There was not one minute of the of the Clinton administration, including Hillary Clinton, that I was not aware of. And I don't remember any situ. I don't remember a time in which she was South America's idea of a lingerie model. OK, I don't remember Victoria's Secret coming a calling, wanting to put her in a magazine. I don't remember any billboards about her with lingerie. And now I'm conjuring. So and and supposedly these shots took place while her while she's sitting on a sofa. I thought my legs were together. What was she Sharon Stoning the situation? Is that what was going on? What was the name of that movie? Was Sharon Stone? It's what put her on the map and made her famous. Basic instinct. Basic instinct. Woman, there ain't nobody sitting around thinking of you and, and, and thinking of you in, in, in a similar situation as Sharon Stone was in that scene. And that's not a hyperbolic. That's an actual number. <laughs> right. Um, and there was all these reporters clamoring, as she says all the time, clamoring to try to get shots up her skirts. Come on now. No one. No one. No one. The nickname Kankles was already in play at that point. Okay. Talk about revisionist history. This is, re- <laughs> this is, this is, this is sad to me. This well, is sad. depends on what your definition of the word sad is. There, well, there was nobody wanting to see up her skirt, especially Bill. Bill, did you ever want to see up that skirt? No. <laughs> 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 and there's a reason why in Epstein's house there's a painting of a Clinton in a dress where their legs with their legs slightly spread and it was Bill it wasn't Hillary. Not even Epstein wanted to see up that skirt. <laughs> Look, um on a serious tip, Gavin Newsom has come out and said that 2024 is not going to happen for him. That he's not going to throw his hat in the ring. They Hillary is thinking that this is hers and she is laying. I'm telling you, she is laying the foundation for 2024, including trying to set herself up as continuing with the I'm the woman going to break through the glass ceiling. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm familiar with being on the receiving end of lascivious thoughts. Okay, as if that ever happened. What I did before the show, do you think and I know the answer to this. Do you think somebody came to Gavin and said, you know what? Sorry, my friend. Already too many contenders in this race. I don't think it's about that there's too many contenders in this race. I think they came to him and said, remember, we had a couple couple weeks ago, we had Joel Gilbert on the show. He's got the movie out, which is on Salem now. You can go watch it. Michelle Obama, 2024. He said she will be the Democrat nominee for 2024. I think Hillary wants it desperately. I think that's why she's desperately going around with all these stupid stories. Like another comment she made was that the bravest decision she made was to stay in her marriage. 
this she's trying to play the woman card she's trying to be back going back the plane the whole tried and true um i'm relatable to women thing this is because the democrats right now are looking at the overturning of roe v wade sending it back to the states they're overplaying the hand they're over assuming that it's a bigger deal for women than it is so she's trying to play off of that and let me tell you there's nothing courageous in staying with the man that has continued to cheat on you that has been credibly accused of sexual assault to and or, there's nothing brave about staying with him so you can try to further your aspirations and write his coattails into a job okay that makes you no different than Kamala Harris there's nothing brave and trying to further your career through put, tolerating abuse of any cl- kind and cute including that of domestic abuse bravery bravery is a woman deciding to leave bravery would have been to leave him bravery would have been to take the side of the women that he beat and sexually assaulted bravery would have been you sitting on that front that front row with Juanita Broderick with Kathleen Willie for the Trump uh, in in 2016 that would have been bravery bravery is not attacking these women going on uh, the morning show I think it was the today show and talking about the vast right-wing conspiracy going after your husband when you knew you knew that he had sexually harassed an intern and preyed upon her in the White House you're not brave lady you're nothing but a political round-heeled yeah I said it although most people don't even know what a round hill is anymore these days you're nothing but a round hill who rode the coattails of a sexually abusing, domestically abusive man for, for a political future. But so did Kamala Harris, who doesn't have a shot in 2024. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little COVID. Y'all thought it went away? <laughs> you thought the mandates went away? <laughs> oh, child. Stay tuned. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I ain't saying welcome back to Fauci, though, because this man, they are just not going away and they are not giving up. They're still talking about how, I think we reported last week about how FDA now has approved a fifth shot. Uh, it's absolutely uh, insane um, that anybody um, would How's even... How's that working in Israel? Yeah. Well, how's it working? I mean, there's new reports. We we reported um, a few months ago that an embalmer was like, what's going on here? They st- one or I think two uh, embalmers who from very large funeral homes and the country started reporting. I think it was Epoch Times reported initially that they were questioning. They were finding blood clots that were not blood clots. Inside of these clots were almost hardwired circuitry. And you could actually, I, I posted the article on my social media sites and you could actually see when magnified that it looked like wiring, right? Um, so that was a few months ago. Well, it's gotten actually worse. Uh, the uh, um, This is according to today, Daily Caller, who got this information from Epic Times. Alabama funeral director Richard Sherman, Hirschman, told Epic Times that prior to 2020, he found these clots, in around 5 to 10% of the bodies he embalmed. This number has since increased to between 50 and 70%. 
These clots lack a number of key health markers for human blood, including iron, potassium, zinc, and magnesiums. Uh, so these clots are not formed in blood, um, but there's further research that needs to be done on these clots. Um, he said it wasn't until May or June of last year I started to say something is really different about the blood. Then he started taking pictures and started reporting on it. And then it was uh, last year in which we reported on the Epic Times. Um, look, this is this is a serious problem going on uh, in, in the country with these shots, um, but not even just around the country. There was a marathon that took place in South Africa a week or so ago in which two runners died. Now, marath- these marathoners are people that train all year, right? They train or they- multi-year. I mean, people don't just wake up and go, let me run a full marathon, which is what, 26 miles? I mean, people do- don't do that. I mean, these are people that are top athletes, right? Well, this is a, a marathon that takes place in South Africa. It's the world's largest and oldest ultra marathon race. Uh, two people dropped dead during the marathon. 74 runners had to be rushed to the hospital. Some of the runners are uh, still in ICU and on ventilators. Now, why would they be on a ventilator? Because these are people that had obviously gotten the shot, and the shot makes you more susceptible. It actually compromises the immune system. But that's not going to stop Fauci, right? That's not going to stop Fauci and the Biden administration COVID coordinator for pushing out more of these shots. Here's what uh, Fauci had to say. Clip nine. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. Now, why increasingly clear based on what? Based on what? Where, where's the hospitals being overrun? They're not. The CDC had to change the definition of the vaccine because when they said a year ago that it would stop you from getting it and giving it, it was a lie. And they knew it was a lie at the time that they did it. Then they said that, okay, you'd need a second shot. Then it was, you got to have a booster. Now we're literally into five shots. And then when they continue to get it, even after four shots, then it's where you take this Paxlovid, right? Well, then what does Paxlovid do? It ends up causing you to, to get what's called a rebound case. So it causes you to continue to get sick. This is nothing but sickness and a jab. It's all about control. And for those of you who don't believe me that it's all about control, listen to what Biden's COVID czar had to say. Basically, what he has to say is what we said two years ago. That this is and has always been about changing the culture. And it's about equity. Clip five. I've heard Secretary Cardona say this over and over again. You know, people do talk about going back to normal. And I've heard Mr. Secretary uh, say, you know, normal wasn't working out so well for, for some people. And so the goal in my mind is not to go back to normal. The goal is to build a very different new normal that has equity much more at the heart of it. Back when I was saying that this was about um, seizing upon the virus was real, but the reaction to it was about an exploitation of it so that they could usher in communism, get control over our lives and that that we should not go along with these lockdowns because we would never get our lives back. 
that it was about creating a new normal with us learning to submit and being conditioned to submit to the will of the state over our bodies. I didn't even, I was correct in my predictions then, but I didn't think, I I didn't include the equity portion in it. Because I just, because to me, this was all going to be about an equitable distribution of control over our lives the equity portion is really just a manipulate a manipulative play right because when you had certain segments of the population dying from it more than others because of lifestyle because they they, there was some segments of the population that had higher rates of comorbidities uh, then they can then they can play off the equity but this is and was always about the use of a virus to control our lives and we were never going to get our life back And this is why we never should have gone down the road of anything related to government controls over our body. Whether it be lockdowns, masks, distancing, force shots, etc. And I'm not going to vote for anybody that's going to ever, that's not going to come out and say never again. And there must be immediately... And I want to hear every Republican running for office say immediately going, going, there will be legislation to make sure that no state ever, no state, no local municipality, nobody, no school district ever tries to impose their will over an American under the phony guise of a public health emergency or public health. There was another clip. I'm not sure I have time to play it because it's a minute long with it, where the COVID coordinator dared to say... <laughs> Because one of the things that's interesting in the course of wanting to have control over us, during two years, we never heard about the flu, right, Skins? During two years, we never heard about the flu. It was hiding. It was hiding. The flu suddenly went away, it's right? back, baby. The flu was gone. Now the flu is back. It's like, make, make the flu great again. Fauci's back with the flu. So is the COVID coordinator. And he was talking today about how, you know, he literally said, that God gave us two arms. He believes God gave us two arms, one for the COVID shot and one for the flu shot. That's how demented these people are to try to act as though this is somehow of the Lord, that this has somehow got something to do with God. It's despicable and, distru- and disgusting. This is all about control over our lives. And we need to, we need to remember that. And, and remember, they want to distract us with a whole lot of stuff. We got to remember going into these midterms and into 2024, COVID has not gone away. Neither has their schemes to control us. And it's a big part of the great reset. All right. Stay tuned. One more final segment on tonight's Andrea K show. Don't you go away. A super funny story about electric vehicles. <laughs> I don't think you've heard this one, Skins. We're going to share this with you guys when we come back. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. <laughs> okay, so um, there was. I'm not that familiar with West Virginia, even though I had family that lived there uh, for a time. But evidently, there's a story coming out of West Virginia, um, where. Uh, um, this driver is out there in an electric vehicle and the car dies and who has to come along and rescue him, Skins? Uh, I'm guessing AAA shows up and says, hey, can't do anything. 
It was some coal miners. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a D.C. driver. This is according to Tucker County State uh, Republican Randy Smith, who chronicled the event on Facebook. The road was near a coal mine in Matiki Coal Access Road, I guess it is, U.S. 48, a few miles outside Davis, West Virginia. I'm not sure what Davis, West Virginia is. Um, uh, Smith wrote, today at our mine off of Corridor H, an electric car from D.C. ran out of battery at the road entrance to the mine. Noting that the electric electric vehicle was stopped in the middle of the hall road and was impeding incoming traffic. Okay, so the it's bad enough the thing dies, and then they they're causing a traffic jam, right? So these good Samaritan coal miners uh, um, realized the vehicle could not be towed since the bottom of the car was all plastic with nothing to hook onto. <laughs> So they were able to push the vehicle up the road to the mine so that the driver could recharge the vehicle. So, yeah, uh-huh. if these EV vehicles can't be towed, this creates another problem. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because that's one of the things we were talking about. Like, yep. what, you know, you, what road? I had roadside assistance. AAA out of business. Right. AAA had to come. I had a flat tire. I have AAA. So they came and replaced my, my tire, put a spare on it. What do you do? I didn't need a charge because my car is gas powered, right? But that's one of my questions was, tr- do, do, what, what do you do if your battery's dead? Do you, so AAA, you AAA can't come. They probably can't charge your battery and they can't tow you. Exactly. Well, you know what? These good Samaritans, these coal miners uh, help this electric vehicle person. And it's so symbolic, right? Because the reality is, you electric vehicle obsessive people, the it, it's actually coal and fossil fuels who actually power these cars in the first place. So these coal miners are symbolic of the situation that your electric vehicle is not being powered by anything but fossil fuels or coal or one of these evil. Just in a different manner. Just in a different manner. So um, the miners actually, this is my favorite part. They gave the driver a friend of coal license plate as a souvenir. (laughs) I want one. Yeah, um, this article goes on to say, while advocates of green energy have attempted to shift away from natural energy sources such as coal, oil, and natural gas, uh, they neglect to mention that electricity often comes from power plants that run on fossil fuels. Yeah. Got to come from somewhere. This, just like this car, got powered by some coal miners. Every other electric vehicle gets powered by some coal or some natural gas or some oil or some energy. It's just, and not to mention that these batteries. That makes my heart happy because my grandfather was a coal miner. Was he? Wow. Wow. Do you know where, like where the mine was? Was it in West Virginia? In Ohio. Wow. You know, those are, that's some scary stuff. I've been down into like underground caves and stuff. I'm not, I'm not totally claustrophobic, but I have a little claustrophobia kind of thing going on. I don't know that I could, I, I mean, I just think it's. I mean, remember when the coal miners got stuck down in, do. in what country was that? Was it Nicaragua or somewhere in South somewhere America? Uh, they made a movie about it. Um, I just, I, oh, that's just, I don't know. That's some scary work. Um, I don't know if I could ever do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I was born a coal miner's daughter. I remember well the well where I drew water. You ever seen the movie, Coal Miner's Daughter? No. We was poor, but we had love. That's one thing the daddy made sure of. That's a great movie, by the way. Much better than Elvis. All right, we'll see you on, we'll see you on tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time.
for hump day. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.